With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey. The thing about Phil is he's he's so temptable. He likes to go the thrill route. That's what makes Phil exciting. Judd Zolgad. Judd, have you wandered away from the house again? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Yeah, this is this is huge. So an hour ago, this news came down. The Supreme Court strikes down a federal law prohibiting sports gambling. Well, we're gonna we're kind of figuring this out as we go along here too during the show, but. The Supreme Court struck down a federal law that prohibits sports gambling Monday in a landmark decision that gives states the go-ahead to legalize betting on sports. The court ruled 6-3 to three to strike down the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, PAPSA, which is a 1992 law that barred state-authorized sports gambling with some exceptions. It made Nevada the only state where a person could wager on the results of a single game. Uh, states that want to offer legal sports betting may now do so, and New Jersey plans to be first. They've been setting this. New Jersey's been setting this up for like five, ten years. Yes, and knocking on the door, they were testing it. Yeah, years uh, ago. D- Delaware, Mississippi, New York, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia are among the states expected to quickly get into the legal bookmaking game. Uh, I know Delaware for sure was very close on this a few years ago. The court ruled in favor of New Jersey and against the NCAA, NFL, NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball capping a nearly six-year legal battle and overturning a federal statute that the sports leagues had adamantly stood by for more than 20 years. Uh, Quote, Congress can regulate sports gambling directly, but if it elects not to do so, each state is free to act on its own, the court wrote in its opinion. Our job is to interpret the law Congress has enacted and decide whether it's consistent with the Constitution. PAPSA is not. Very interesting. Now, there's a million questions here. Right. Namely, if you ranked the other 49 states, Nevada's already oh, we're in. 48th on this like, list. Like, how long will it take Minnesota a long, to say? A long, long time. Yeah. Uh, so I used, to, this is, I used to work in the poker industry for a long time. I was, uh, the Mid-States Poker Tour was something I helped get off the ground in 2009. And uh, from a poker standpoint, I don't know if, if poker factors in here or not. It sounds like it's just sports betting and wagering on games, but... One of the things we talked about on that side of the industry, and the same thing applies for sports betting, why is it that certain vices like drinking or smoking, or now in in some states, smoking marijuana, right? There's all these vices that, you know what? Go use it responsibly. If you're among the 95% that use something responsibly, alcohol, uh, and then and then set up laws so that, set up bumpers for the bowling alley so that, okay, you can drink, but like you can't drink this amount and get into a car, right? Uh, so I've always found it puzzling 
that instead of just finding a responsible way and a smart way to regulate, whether it's online gambling for on the poker side or sports betting, there's so much money well, to be made in taxation. That's what I was say. And, and states are always obviously looking to get out of deficits when, and to find more money for education. And this is a built-in amazing way to potentially uh, generate revenue for states. When we were here in the midst of our stadium builds, I remember somebody coming up with the figures on, if you put a casino where, where the Wolves practice now, so if you took blocky, that yeah. entire blocky and you said, okay, that's a, that's now a casino that you could pay for every stadium, you could rebuild every school, that you would, that there is so much money that you could get there. And so this is going to, that, that's the thing about this is, I've never gotten what, why there's so many roadblocks to this, because it's going to happen. It's going to ha- happen at some point, and it makes a ton of sense. And if people, you know what? If people want to gamble, let them gamble. If they got problems, that's fine. You you can put yeah. a, you you can put up a a place that that they can go go for help. But if they want to give the state their money, why don't you let them? Yeah, here yes. So here's kind of made sense to me why you don't. I don't know where Minnesota ranks. Like, will it, will it will it be a year? Will it be ten years? Will it be twenty? I'm sure there's going to be states that are holding out for twenty years uh, with this, but. Uh, but it's it's a good step, obviously, if you're in favor of sports betting and if you're in favor of just letting people live a life the way that they want to within reason. But ESPN.com has a great article here. And by the way, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 if you want to chime in here. We'll talk some twins with Wetmore at the bottom of the hour. But ESPN has kind of a primer where they lay out various questions that people might have here. Um, like one of them is, what do the leagues want? What does the NBA want? What does Major League Baseball want? They prefer a consistent set of regulations that provide sports governing bodies the ability to restrict or prohibit betting on league events, data rights, and a percentage of the amount bet on the league events uh, paid by operators. Yep, and that's a smart play, So basically, like, all right, if there's, I don't know, I'm making this number up, but if there's a billion dollars a year wagered on NBA games, the NBA, if I'm reading this correctly, wants a cut of that, right? In In some form. And that's a smart play. Basketball, I think, for a few a few years now, has accepted that this is coming and has said, "Okay, if it's coming, let's profit from it." Football let's is help organize. Yeah, it. yeah. and foot and football is always always like, no, 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 we can't have this. We can't. The National Football League is is hypocritical to the point of if you recall that there was a time where they said fantasy football is a form of gambling and we want no part of it and it shouldn't be allowed and it shouldn't be legalized. <laughs> And then they found out how much you can make from it. The last time I checked, their site runs runs programs for it. So it's not surprising to me that the two new commissioners have both basically said, "All right, it's going to happen. So let's, if it's going to happen, let's profit from it." The National Football League eventually will profit, but I bet they will go kicking and screaming. Yeah, I bet they will say, "No, we can't have it. We can't have it." And somebody will come to them and say, "Do you realize how much cash you're talking about?" And they'll cave. Yeah. Here's another one. Will will another question that ESPN.com tries to answer? Will legalization of sports betting lead to increased match fixing and point shaving scandals? Only time will tell. But proponents, including the NBA, believe a legal, heavily regulated market overseen by licensed officials is the better approach to protecting the integrity of sport. Uh, than the illegal market that's been serving most of the U.S. for the past quarter century. I, I agree. I agree as well. 
it, don't you think it's a lot easier to fix something or to if it's under the table completely? Absolutely, for sure. But if everything, if everything is on top of the table yep. and there's lights being shined down and there's essentially uh, checks and balances along the way and there's people that are sort of watching the activity, it's on not going to change it one bit, no. for sure. And I mean. Like right now, if there's probably match fixing that goes on right now, it's just like a lot harder to find it if there if if everything is in a dark room or underneath the table. I think it's awesome. I do wonder who sets up these platforms. Does it? I know for poker, part of the legalization of online poker in certain states, which I think it's I, I want to say New Jersey. I think you can play online poker in New Jersey. I know you can play online poker in Nevada, but you have to have an IP address in that state. Mm-hmm. Or you have to go to a different. You have to go to Mexico or Europe if you want to play online poker. But um, I think you had to have a brick and mortar casino operating, and then those brick and mortar casinos could launch the online platforms. Who launches? Because because the speculation here is <laughs> That's that so much work right there. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, like MGM already has a brick right. and mortar casino, right. so they would be able to launch an app. I got it. As opposed to like Judd Zolgad going to launch an app. Right. Like you'd have to have you'd have to go through this door to get to that door. Mm-hmm. So. How is that going to work in state? Are they going to mandate that you have to have some sort of gambling operation already set up, Probably, like Canterbury? Yeah. Probably. Or can you just launch an app? No, I bet that's it's based no, in Minnesota. I bet it's the first one. I bet you'll have to have a casino of some sort that that you can then bet through, and it might not have to be huge. But I bet that's the first step. I bet they mandate that that there has to be a building of some sort. That so money I just is can't, flowing through us. Yes. Yeah. So I can't launch an app. From from my home. Well, you're going to have to get you to bet. I suppose like you could, but you'd have to obviously you'd have to go through a ton of different regulation hoops to to get there. Well, that's like almost, you, yeah. So interesting. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. The legalization of sports betting is now in the hands of states, according to a ruling that just came down an hour ago. This is all over the front page of ESPN.com right now, but. Uh, If you're just joining us, the Supreme Court struck down a federal law that prohibits sports gambling uh, in a landmark decision earlier today that gives states the go-ahead to legalize betting on sports. All right, which which lawmakers do we need to get on right now? It's going to take the state a long time. I I bet you we're looking (laughs) at... Mark Dayton, come on, buddy. I bet we are a five- to eight-year state on this. I bet we are one of the last to go. Like if Tim Pawlenty gets ton, elected, Tim Pawlenty's not going to open I can open see this a ton, up, right? a ton of people from the, the state. People, whoa, whoa, whoa! This is going to be bad for people. Yeah. This is going to be terrible for the. Let's get Jesse Ventura back in office. He'd let us bet. Oh, on it'll sports. be in tomorrow for sure. Um, Wetmore's going to come in. We'll talk some Twins later on this hour. Judd has Judd has put on the schedule. He has soccer takes. Yeah, it was with there his, on with Saturday. With a Z on the end. Oh, they're, hard, they're hardcore takes. There's at least two or three of them. The hot take police are very busy today. They might have to pull Judd over later, too. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studio. Mackie and Judd are back. Audio level full volume. It's go time. On 1500 ESPN. I just found a story here. How close is my state to legalizing sports betting? From Ryan Rodenberg, ESPN.com. This is great. This is like power rankings. It's like the sports sports uh, betting state legalization power rankings. It's kind of like a mock. Wow. I mean, a little bit, don't let's, you think? Let's yes. reframe it. I want a mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. All right, they've got different categories. We might as well do the music, too, and everything. Yeah, let's, yeah. So they've got different categories on this article. This was updated uh, just a few minutes ago. Already there, Nevada. So Nevada's already in. We know that. They've got the number one overall pick. It's already a lock. Yes. Yep. 
You guys ever have you ever wagered on a sporting event from a sports book in Las Vegas with a cocktail in hand? I've not. I did a couple years ago when I went. Oh man! But it wasn't. It was like a preseason football game or something. You're downplaying <laughs> it like it wasn't a religious experience. It like, wasn't that great. Oh my! I God. didn't enjoy it that much. Well, you lost. That's, I got it, but I didn't happened? enjoy it that much. I did it for for fun, but I didn't. It it was not special. I remember being no. there. Uh, I think it was during the World Series of Poker, like the end portion. So it was just just baseball was going on, like early July or late June. And I remember a Sunday afternoon when it's all day games. And I did like a seven-game parlay and just drank white Russians for four hours in whatever the hell sports book it was. I don't even remember which one it was. Wow, that's just impressive. Like, and like yeah, if you're no. sitting there and you're placing bets, they'll, I just, did it, I feed, did they'll it. just bring you drinks. I didn't enjoy it. I did it, and it was just like, uh, okay. What, was, what wasn't what was enjoyable about watching sports and drinking for free? I think I it enjoyed... It sounds like the two things that you fill your do, life with. I do, but my foray into uh, sports gambling actually was at its zenith in about 1994. And I had a friend at the paper who, who had a bookie, and so we'd bet games, and that was fun. And his bookie actually quit. He quit doing it because he saw the film Casino and was so scared by... by <laughs> there, there's a scene in, in it, I think, where, where a guy's fingers get broken. Is that right? And he was so scared, he called my friend and said, I'm done. I'm out of it. I'm, I'm not going to be a bookie. There was something well, he had far to know more... that there was like some consequences. It took, it took watching a movie there was to was something scare far it. more fun, I thought, about going through a bookie than, than an actual sports book. But that's a me thing. Hey, you like to live dangerously. And then I just quit because I lost so much. And I was losing like 10 bucks a pop. Here's where I knew. I knew. I knew when I was watching on a Friday night intently a Cincinnati Bearcats game. Nick Van Exel, that far back. A Did he shoot free throws from five feet behind the line in college, Not at that too? time. No, no. God. But I was watching a Bearcats game intently. Like, this is a big deal. I said, Judd, this is a problem. Was there ever a portion in any of your lives, I'm going to guess no on Dave, it sounds like, where you thought gambling might lead to, like, like this is it. Like, you might just be able to do this for a no, living. No, no. Because I, for a while, thought that about poker, but, uh, but I could see that. that's a cold reality, At too. 23 or 24, I thought to myself, well... I work in a sports department. I know a ton about sports. I'm going to be good. I was the worst. And you and and there was also a Sunday night when I lost an NBA afternoon game and I came back hard on Knicks Warriors. I said, "This is not good." Like I'm putting, I can't even watch this damn game. But I'm going this to recoup like, my losses on Knicks Warriors. And this 1994. Is like boring Warriors. This oh, this is, is like, this is like. Hey, this might have been. Was that the still the run TMC? But I mean, it, it was not a great team. But I came back that night. It was like Latre- shaved head Latrell Sprewell Warriors it before w- he choked P.J. Carlissimo. The point is, it was a 9.30 Knicks-Warriors game on the coast, <laughs> and I was going to come back hard to recoup my losses. I, I thought, <laughs> what? Um, and, and then, to his credit, Royce said one day, he said, that's the dumbest thing you could possibly do. Gambling on sports. You can't win. There's no way. And he was right. It's was very, very, few, games. very few people. And it, chances are, if you're trying to do it, and you're betting like super mainstream stuff, especially today, like with all the analytics available, the margins in NBA, NFL. Now, if you find an obscure conference or something, if you just own the Sun Belt Conference, <laughs> that's a better chance yeah, right. than betting on NFL games on Sundays. The Sun Belt Conference. <laughs> Women's Sun Belt action. <laughs> it's unbelievable how good the, I am. The games aren't even televised. Um, Dave, you never got close? The closest I've been was when I was about 14 or 15 years old. 
uh, with my parents placing bets for me at Canterbury Park. I hit five out of six on the pick six. <laughs> and you're in for life. Whoa. I was in. Oh. I thought I was, you know, the bee's knees as far as, you know, I know the ponies, man. I see these horses. I know I know who's going to race. Yeah. I get so angry when I lose a $2 bet now. It's not even funny. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be good because of, of that fact. Yeah, and I, I, you get you get paid when you hit even five out yeah. of six. What I didn't realize at the time was a lot of people hit five out of six that night because it just happened to be a lot of favorites that I happened to pick too. And I mean, I only got like 20 bucks out of it and it really wasn't all that impressive. <laughs> just 20 bucks for five out of six? That's it, it was like 20 David. or 30 bucks, which, yeah. Yeah, if you're betting a couple bucks sure. or something, yeah. Uh, I remember one time... In college, I did. I did go on after that to. I found a couple online poker games that served me well for like three or four years. But before I really caught the hang of that, I used to go to Canterbury. I think it was for two straight years. I I just spend either a month, um, that J term month in college where there's no classes, and I would just go to Canterbury every day and play limit poker, and or spend the summers doing the same thing. And I remember one time after doing this, like it was like my twenty eighth day. January, it's crappy outside. And I remember like the sun coming up the next morning. I had stayed there all night at oh some like eight sixteen table. You. Yeah. Wow, and, yeah. And uh I remember like it was like a fifteen hour session or something, and I was either even or down or just like not not playing well. And they brought the free donut card in at Canterbury <laughs> at like five in the morning or whatever time. <laughs> like if you're still playing or you're there that early, you yeah. like we'll give you Hey, thanks for the Here's rake. We'll give you free donuts. And I was like, sugar rush. Is yeah. this what my life is right now? I'm just like living for the free Long John at Canterbury with a bunch of well, the answer was clearly yes. Smelly guys. And the answer was shaved. yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, Long John filled. I mean, maybe then it's worth it. It could be worth that's it. That's yeah. genius. Yeah, if it's, if it's Bavarian cream, yeah, if you get like that custardy stuff yeah. in the middle. That's pretty for sure. Good. Let's fire this back up though, because oh, okay. we still have more categories. I right. want a mock. Mock. I want to. Uh, how close is my state to legalizing sports betting from the news that came down this morning? So Nevada's already there. Yeah. We have an imminent category. That would be New Jersey, Delaware, an on-deck circle of Connecticut, Iowa, our neighbors. Ooh. Can move if you need to. Mississippi, New York, happen. Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. Yeah, two hours of the Diamond Joe, man. Yeah, that's not bad at all. We have... Little Taco Bell. Wendy's down there, too. Yeah. Oh, we have a moving toward legalization category. So this would be like rankings 10 through 22. All right. California, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Missouri, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, South Carolina, and Minnesota's in there as well. Really? Each state has oh, wow. introduced Kickstarter legislation or publicly announced plans to do so with hearings and votes on the bills moving forward at different speeds. Then they have like... No legalization activity yet for half the states, including Wisconsin. Wah, wah. So I guess we're closer than... I would not have predicted that at all. We thought Unlikely. There's one unlikely state. What's the unlikely state? Oh, it's got to be Utah, right? Utah. Yeah. <laughs> they ain't doing this that. Utah's anti-gambling Think state. Think about all the sinners that would come to town. <laughs> all these sinners. <laughs> How dare you try to bet on Jimmer Fredette in China? And I bet you're drinking, too. <laughs> Uh, do you think there's any any people who live in Utah that are secretly gambling on Jimmer Fredette games in China? Absolutely. I would hope so. For sure, right? Yes. Uh, it says Utah's anti-gambling stance is written into the state's constitution. Any change to existing state policy toward gambling would be a massive departure from decades of opposition, blah, blah, blah. And yet, there it is. And yet you've got an NBA team still named the Jazz because you didn't change it. 
I want to mock. Mock! I want to mock. Mock! <laughs> it is weird, like the jazz. Because they, right? they didn't. They've been the, they were the New Orleans jazz the, like 40 years ago, Back in the right? day, they didn't change names. The Lakers, yeah, that's a great name for Los Angeles, California, which has no lakes. The that Jazz, yeah, because they were the New Orleans Jazz, which is, by the way, a perfect name. Now nah, let's just leave it. We'll leave it as the Jazz. That is weird. Why did they the Lakers? Like the Lakers makes even less sense than the Jazz. Like you could probably find a jazz club in Utah. You think? But yeah, I have no idea why. But there was a there was a time there where that you just moved, and as far as I know, they just left the names the same. What would you have changed the name to? For Lakers or Jazz? Either one. Well, Los Angeles, there had to be good names. There had to be a lot of decent names. <laughs> the Lakers. Lakers is still a cool name, yeah. though. I mean, give them right, credit but, for that. But I mean, yeah, you, they don't have lakes. It doesn't reflect the town. But when but. the move actually took place, wouldn't you have thought to yourself, okay, we, we don't have lakes. Let's name ourselves something that has something to do with us. The Stars. No, I don't like that. The celebrities. <laughs> the Kardashians. <laughs> That's a little closer. Not bad. Uh, the Derek Wetmore apology tour will continue next on 1500 ESPN. He's so sick of us. Hold firm. <laughs> Sit tight. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. And those are some boobs, by the way. Mackey and Judd. Uh... On 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd are talking twins. Talking twins. Now, with 1500ESPN.com senior web editor and resident seam head Derek Wetmore, presented by the Canopy Group for the best insurance coverage at the absolute best price. Adrianza's on the move. Grossman shoots one out toward right center field. Chris Young is not going to get there. One hops the fence. Trout gets it back in quickly. Being waved around is Adrianza. Quick relay by Kinsler, and he is out and home. All right, Derek's in here from the Touch Em All podcast and 1500ESPN.com. Judd has rightfully so called me out on, uh, I don't know if being a hypocrite is the right word, but just like being Mr. Negative after a positive Twins road trip and a weekend which we would all, I think all of us would have said two out of four, that'd be a good weekend against that team. And I sit here on Monday morning. the show with this. Yes, I sit here on Monday morning so irrationally annoyed at Ira Adrianza getting thrown at a home plate on a double to the gap in right center field that went all the way to the wall, having a head start from first base off with the pitch. I that cost them the game yesterday. I am struggling to get my head around what you just said. That Judd <laughs> yeah. course corrected you for being too negative. I've I pointed it's it bizarre, out. I wish I had something that. like witty to say, something snappy, a comeback, but that just caught me so off guard. I have nothing. It was I'm, just I'm empty handed. It was just surprising that the show began and the first thing after coming off a road trip on which they were very successful, the Seven first thing ten. that Mr. Mackey points to is the Adrianza <laughs> right. base running gap. Like the point the point of sending you from first base is so That's that why you, you are one hundred percent sure to score. Yes. But what are, like what if it's caught? First of all, it's not. Like watch the ball. And second of all, who cares? Just be aggressive. Yeah. Round second base and then figure out if it's caught you still got plenty of time to get back i agree with you i wrote in my five thoughts column for today that it was a good road trip you should feel good about that if you're the twins seven out of ten what is it eight out of eleven too yep. uh, if you go back to the beginning of may that's win, yep. like that's good that's a good stretch for the twins and they should feel good about that 
the same time, it ended on a sour note. And songs that end on sour notes have a way of sticking with you in the uh, in the bad kind of way. You hear a song and they finish, Phil, they get to the resolution and they're just ready to pay it off. And somebody misses a note and you just can't help but think it could have been the most beautiful symphony in the world. And you think, ah, man, I wish that didn't end that way. That's how that Adrianza play feels to me. I would just like to take this opportunity, Derek, to applaud you. To applaud you for taking a stand. Well, I'll always take that. And now that stand might have been incorrect in retrospect. The Twins might not, not have been dead at the time. But I am going to say that, you know what? You We've been telling you for how long? Just take a stand. Just have a hot take. Right. You had a hot take. The Twins being dead, which is now not true. But at least you did it. I don't think it's hot, and I'm still not backing down from it. It sounds like you're sort of backhandedly asking oh, for an apology. No, I like I Look like at this. the number of teams that are better than the Twins right now. Oh, this is good. Look at the number of teams. The Angels finally got bumped from the AL West lead, so they're in the wild card sort of driver's seat there with Boston and New York. After that, you got the Mariners. Yes, they lost Robbie Cano. That hurts, but... They might be better than the Twins right now. The Blue Jays might be better than the Twins right now. I'm not too sure the Oakland A's aren't better. The Twins are playing a lot better baseball, and and that's good. And this will lead to an interesting summer, just like I said three weeks ago. It's a good baseball team that should deliver a fun and interesting summer. But it sounds like, Judd, you're asking me kind of back that truck well, up and I maybe think, take some of the toothpaste no, and try think, to get it back in the tube. I it's think, a little late for I that, I think my what friend. we need to do now is is define dead. Because if if you're just saying that they're not a playoff team, I tend to agree with that. Uh, I thought that you meant that they were going to be awful, as, as in no. they've completely fallen no, no, apart no, no, no. and they're not going to be. Because if you're if you are simply saying that you don't think that, that they're going to either win their division or be a wild card, I'm with you. All right, because the wild card, as far as I'm concerned, is basically going, going, probably gone. There's some really good teams. Cleveland, I think, has won two consecutive now, which is a very small streak. But I like Cleveland more, so I would I come to your side of the fence if we are defining dead as just being hey they're not going to be a postseason team. two against one. Phil, what do you I, think? Well, I just, I just where Phil stands. I, I, I guess my question to you guys is like what what's the rush to be the first to declare the Twins a non playoff team when they're playing very good baseball the last couple of weeks? They're uh, they're tied in the loss column with Cleveland. Like congratulations if they don't make the playoffs. Then like you guys were right first. I don't understand the rush to say. Well, this team is a non-playoff team right now. And now, before the season, like this maybe pertains more to Judd because I don't know if I don't remember. Like Derek's more of a range predictor before the season, so like, which is which means that your hot take three weeks later was Super even more uncharacteristic. Yes. Uh, but like Judd, you said they were going to win. Was it like eighty-nine games or something, 80 or eighty-seven, something. And, yeah. and be a playoff team Hi, and be a wild card team? Is correct. Yep. So why is it that after one month? And seeing them bounce back, that now you're mm-hmm. just like off that wagon. I underestimated the rest of the league because it struggled. It was not very good in 2017. And so in making my prediction for 18, I made the incorrect assumption that the rest of the league was going to remain about the same, and that's not true. So that's why. Right, but right, okay, so so basically... The West is stronger, so, East is stronger. So, so the Angels, like the Angels are the team yeah. that... Okay, the East and West are going to be strong enough to provide your two wildcard teams. But I didn't, not that you can gain a whole lot in, in a four-game sample here, but I didn't look at that matchup this weekend and think, oh man, the Angels are, like, sometimes when I watch the Twins against the Red Sox or the Astros, okay, pretty obvious gap between those two teams. Other than Mike Trout being the best hitter in the world and Otani being this this amazing new, like, 23-year-old can do both things, I don't look at those teams and say, oh my gosh, there's a huge gap between the Angels and the Twins, especially yeah. with the Twins 
just getting Byron Buxton back from the disabled. Bus. I agree. I want to see so what I'm like, Buxton I'm just provides. Wait. I'm not. There's no reason to stick a fork in him right now. I want to see uh, what Byron Buxton brings. When's Miguel Sano going to be back? Are they ever going to get their starting catcher back? And here's like not to be Mister <laughs> Negativity. No. Yeah, because because Phil, I, I would generally I would agree with what you just said that I don't look at that Angels roster and think like. Boy, that's just a different league. This is JV versus the varsity. No, the Twins are a varsity baseball team playing in a varsity league. They dug themselves a big hole for sure, and now let's see how they can get themselves out of it. Um, but the question that I have with the Angels, and I will continue to have, is do they have enough pitching to continue to keep this thing and going? Open-wise, they actually, don't. Yeah, you, d- you don't look at that and you think like, oh, they've got the shutdown guys back there. I mean, Jim Johnson, Camp Pedrosian. Like, Parker, you're just kind of, you're like, all right, they've got some pitchers. And that's what I feel about the Twins, too. I don't feel like, and, and you guys can't sit here and tell me you feel like the seventh inning Twins have a three-run lead, it's over. Like, that bullpen has not done a ton to engender full blind trust for this season. So, I still have questions about a lot of the wild card contenders. The Twins are on that list. I do wonder, and here's my, i I don't mean to bring this like negative parade down, but did you guys watch Barrios' last couple of starts? Yeah, and what's, what's going on with him? I don't know. He can't throw a breaking ball now. He can. He just can't throw it for a get-me-over-strike, and he can't throw it for a swing and a miss. And that's a big part of his game through those first four or five starts where we were like, oh, here he is, ace, he's arrived, and, and I was in that crowd too, through, he's arrived. Through that Cleveland game. Now, spectacular, now yeah. you kind of wonder, like, they're getting some pitching depth back. Irvin Santana, we think, will be back at some point. Trevor Mays making a rehab start for Rochester, I just saw. That's coming soon, so there's going to be pitching, and you like what Jake Odorizzi's giving you. Kyle Gibson's maybe been their best pitch of the last two, three weeks. Uh, they're, they're fine in terms of, like, starting pitching depth, but when we were talking a week ago, boy, if the Twins are really going to run this table and, and start to take control in the American League Central, it's going to be Fernando Romero and J.O. Barreos at that top of that rotation. See what they can do. I'm kind of, I'd be worried about that if I'm the Twins right now. Because I personally, I, I don't know what's going on. I watch the road trip and I think like, hmm, it's not a train wreck of a start, but he's been a lot better than this in the past. And now I'm kind of curious to see what happens It there. was really weird, his last start, because he went from... But that first four, the first four starts, he had one bad game. But three of those four starts, he was really good. Lights out. Yeah, spectacular. And he's come back in, in the last four. I think he's got an ERA around eight point five. And that last one, he just he just didn't have anything really to speak of. I mean, it wasn't. He didn't look even close to being that same guy. Is this going to be the inevitable thing where like a stud Twins pitcher and three months later is like on the disabled list with a strained UCL? Gosh, I hope not. And, this uh, is what and undergoes Tommy that. John surgery. I hope I mean, not. Tommy John surgery among big league pitchers is like a coin flip in their career, yeah. if not more than that. And I guess it's something that we've put because it hasn't happened recently, really. It, it happened with there was a run there for two years ago. Alex Meyer, did he have it with the Angels or something, or maybe uh, he, he had it earlier? He's got a shoulder, uh, shoulder yeah. rotator cuff stuff now. So it's but, been, and there hasn't been that many great pitching prospects for the Twins to like right. put out there and have Tommy John well, surgery. But it, this is what other organizations go through, and it's 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 bad. It's bad for baseball. I think somebody said to me the other day, they're like, "Boy, Shohei Otani's fun to watch, isn't he?" I said, "Yeah." Can't wait to see what he has on Sunday on the mount. I mean, he's as a hitter, he's fun to watch. Power, speed, bat control. And then this guy also pitches, and he's got a 98-mile-an-hour fastball with a splitter. This is going to be something to watch on Sunday. And they said, yeah, he'll be fun, but he'll eventually get hurt. 
and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, true. no, I don't want well, this, this to be the inevitability this is your plan, though. for good young pitchers. This is your plan. You sign a pitcher and you just say oh, immediately, the Wetmore, plan. the Wetmore plan, surgery right now. We're doing it tomorrow. This is all. This With is the all second pick in the 2018 MLB draft. Romero's had it. Yep, he has. So you're saying to yourself, there's a fighting chance he'll be okay. Yeah, but then there's an expiration date on that, too, you think. I, I just, you don't like seeing it like with the Angels reliever the other day who has to leave in the middle of the plate appearance, right? And he's just like holding his elbow oh, Middleton. Yeah. You're like, uh oh. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. He did. He called he the trainers out right saw away. He said, uh oh. Look, I don't like the inevitability of it. And I'm not saying that that's where Breos is going by any means. That's not what I'm suggesting because he's still got the velocity. I do still see some life in his fastball. See the command. I just. It's the breaking ball to me that hasn't been there the past two starts. One of the, yeah. Well, it's concerning. It's like, yeah. And he went from having this, this breaking ball that people around the league would like take screenshots of it and put it on social media. And now it's like the breaking ball that hangs and it's a 450, uh, you know, foot home run to left field. One of the funniest things to me is this question that we keep asking the last couple of years of like, why are there so many arm surgeries in baseball? Like, what's, What's going like Jeff Passan wrote a great book called The Arm that investigated he spent three years investigating why pitchers are having so many more surgeries. And then like over here we see, oh, everyone throws ninety seven miles an hour <laughs> right. and is focused on on spin rate and getting more break on their slider and their curveball. Like, but why do pitchers keep needing surgery? Oh, I don't know, maybe because your arm's not supposed to torque that way, period. Sure. And now pitchers are using weighted balls and they're trying to get more velocity and they're throwing harder. And high school kids are going to these showcases, like these perfect game showcases, and they're just trying to light up the radar guns of the scouts. Years old, yes, right. It's I, not a mystery of what's happening here. I think that, and and I said this, Judd, you joked about the Wetmore plan. Do you guys remember where that originated? Do you remember, this is four four years ago, probably. Was it? This is right when you guys were starting your show. We're doing a Sports of a Beers Harvey? podcast. Did it involve um, Matt Harvey? I don't know if it's I don't know if it's Matt Harvey, okay. but we're doing a Sports Over Beers podcast, and I think we were a couple drinks in, and I said, you know what, this would just be here's how you nip it in the bud. Here's here's how you head it off at the pass. You you draft a high school pitcher, you take him to Target Field, you show him around, you say you're going to be here someday, kid. <laughs> you get him to sign the contract and give him his big signing bonus. You get him excited, mm-hmm. and then UCL replacement surgery on day two. Yep. Now it was a joke because like that's a little premature. Maybe it's headed that way. I don't know. But my point was, the overarching point was not a joke, which was the team that figures out how to keep pitchers healthy or how to get 90% pitcher health where other teams are struggling to get 65%, that team is going to win multiple World World Series because they will just have the best pitching talent. You'll be pitching against their backups. You've got an ace, maybe two, and several shutdown relievers that you never had to worry about going through ligament reconstruction surgery on their way to the show, that team will win at least one, probably three World Series, and then everyone will try to copy it. It will be great for baseball. Until then, you kind of hold your breath when you watch guys throw in 98 with life. Yeah, I think uh, you're going to need volume over everything else, right? Like you're just, if, if your organization is crippled because that one guy goes down, well, that's... Than the organization that has, like the Mets. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the Mets have had lineup issues the last few years that have sure. prevented them from getting the playoffs. But they're a really but good team this year. Like Matt Harvey, if you would have said, oh, a few years Not ago, lately. Matt Harvey's going to be cooked and he'll be with the Reds. Exactly. Say, well, then they're in trouble. Oh, exactly. No, but they have like five of those guys. They have like five Matt Harvey. Jacob DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard, and they've got a bunch of relievers, yeah. and, and I think I had a steroid suspension in there too. But like, 
That was a pitching staff. That was what. That was the goal. Remember when it was the Mets and Royals, and we talked about like, oh, the Royals are built on just enough pitching, plus speed and defense, plus shutdown relievers, and the Mets just come at you and at you and at you with pitching. Everyone throws. This hard. is going to be a really interesting blueprint. Which of these will win out over the next five to yeah. ten years? And now we're kind of like, ah, the Royals are sort of done and. Boy, that's a disappointing era of Mets baseball that did not pay off anything. Uh, tweet comes in here. Only Judd can start a segment by saying you're going to browbeat an apology out of Wetmore, and then not even two minutes into the segment, he winds up agreeing with you're Wetmore. You're right. You're right, Derek. I just I, I wish I would have seen it your no, way. No, I sooner. thought Phil was going to browbeat you, and yeah, I well, said your words were browbeating. And I we. and I said, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I'm fine with it. You're off, by the way. Like, if, if if the Twins make the playoffs, you don't get to claim credit for, like, predicting. If they win 87 games, I don't think you get the credit for that. Oh, I, I get the credit for, from Dave. Oh, no, I get the credit for the win. You don't get to, like, win. jump I, off that I get the win total credit, but, I don't, I, but it can be held against me that I, I said that I thought they yep. were pretty much cooked. Exactly right. So, yeah. see, are we going to allow him to hedge like this? Oh, I get the win credit for sure. Nah, you either get, it's all or none, Judd. I'm sorry. Somebody asked I think me. I got to get the win. No, if, if I hit the... the the win credit, I think I get that. He's the win number, down. I think I get that. He wrote that. it down. Yeah, I, I mean, listen. Somebody I'm asked me, this is last week, guys, and the Twins are playing better baseball now. Oh, you, don't you feel silly? Remember the Cleveland Plain Dealer beat writer, Paul Hoynes, who wrote off the Indians two years ago and said, like, oh, I can't remember if it was Salazar or Carrasco. Somebody got bo- hurt. Both of those both guys. Both got here. hurt and said, well, they just don't have the pitching. They're not going to be able to do this. They've got Kluber, and then what? Right. He said uh, something in a column. He said something to the effect of, "If they go to the World Series, I'm jumping in Lake Erie." Are you going to jump? Somebody in- asked me if I'm jumping in Lake Superior if the Twins make the playoffs this year. And I might be down. I might be down. I didn't say it. I didn't make like that definitive a claim. So you never said that, though. I didn't. But like, it'd be kind of a funny bit. And like October, Lake Superior. I can tell you, that's not warm. I think we'll, we'll put our heads together over the next like week and come up with some punishment for Wetmore if they do make the playoffs. Okay. Uh, right. We're talking twins with Derek from 1500ESPN.com and the Touch em All podcast from the TCL Broadcast Studio. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Here we go. On 1500 ESPN. Ever dream of playing at U.S. Bank Stadium? Now is your chance. Sign up your team right now to participate in United Health Group's Touch of Football Flag Football Tournament. It's coming up Saturday, September 8th. Flag football teams will take over the stadium for a one-day six-on-six tournament, all to raise money for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Team spots are limited and selling out fast, so get signed up now. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Thank you, Dave. We got Derek in here from 1500ESPN.com and the Touch em All podcast, which you can subscribe to anywhere you would uh, find podcasts. So, okay, first of all, before we get into this ranking thing, any what's the latest on Sano? Like, I know I that knew. they were on the road and you did not cover them on the road uh, in person, but. Wish I knew. Long homestand coming up, and uh, for their sake, you you got to hope they have some kind of update coming soon, right? I mean, just to be clear, he did he did join them on the road for this last portion of the trip, and at first good. at first it made it sound LA restaurants, it, yeah, and at first they they the reports made it sound like he might do some work. The last report I read though was that they basically wanted him to go out there to be with, with the big league staff, and that was it. So I don't yeah. think he did work. I don't mm. think he took ground balls. I don't think he hit. I think they basically decided it would be more advantageous to have the big league staff monitor his progress than have people do it here. 
That's all it read. We're to the point where he'd have to go on a rehab assignment, though. He's been off for like three weeks, yeah, right? Yeah, so and he, before he went on, he struck out in 40% of his plate appearances. Yeah, so it's like, ridiculous. Probably could use some plate appearances in the International League anyways. So Judd and I did this segment last week. Twins player power rankings. Yes, just like I heard the, about this. The value of the, of the player, which is kind of a, it's an open, it's a very open interpretation here. And we just ranked our 10. Now Judd had him outside his top ten. Sano, you're talking. Yes. Miguel Sano. He fell yep. off the top ten. I had Sano ninth. Could debate you on putting him eighth. But the seven are ironclad for me. Yeah. Well. Roy- Royce Lewis, number one. Hang on a second, because this is important. What do you what is your metric here? Because I, I, I heard about the column I, or I heard about the bit. I read uh Judd's column, and I think it's ridiculous that you guys aren't even like that he's not even close to the podium of most important or most valuable right now? Like what? What is your either, assessment? Honestly, like Im, Im, most important implies wishful thinking for what he could be. Sure, a range of Mo- outcomes. Most valuable is more of like a current standing, I guess. Okay. So I get, I get that this is open to interpretation. I took it as if you're picking up the phone and you're having conversations with other teams, and they're gonna, and you're having conversations about value or trades sure. or or just even like players who are right now really important to your winning process. Okay, I was thinking of it as if the uh, Vegas Golden Knights were starting up a franchise and got to handpick a few players from rosters. Okay, let's do it that way, too. <laughs> well, then. Dude. He's, he's not in the top seven. Royce, <laughs> okay. Royce Lewis is ahead of him. No, I mean, you're laughing, but he, no, honestly, listen Give to Give me this. your seven. Your ironclad seven. So, Royce Lewis. Okay, Royce. Keep this going, is easy. Roy, Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis is the number one overall pick. Yeah. And, I, and I won't fight you. And is more valuable than Miguel Sano. Jose Barrios is a pitcher who throws 95 miles an hour with movement. Won't fight you. So is Fernando Romero. He's also in the top three or top five because I have Byron Buxton in the top five too. Um, Eddie Rosario in his prime, a much better hitter than Miguel Sano, much more valuable as an overall player. He He's in the mix and contract too. Uh, Max Kepler has emerged above Miguel Sano. And Brian Dozier, even though there's only one year left in his deal, Brian Dozier... Over a five-year body of work is one of the best position players in the entire league. I got a little bit negative and put Stephen Gonsalves ahead of Sano, but Jeez, I but I would I, I would concede there. Yeah, I mean I've, I've got the same way. Your reaction is if and, like I'm an idiot and, and Judd. No, you know I don't think that you're an idiot. No, and I know, Judd, but that's why the reaction is weird. Judd put Jaco to Rizzi on his list. I put him tenth, the top ten. So yep. I think we just fundamentally well, can disagree I, can on I start? what we're talking about here. My list was based on on one very important thing. How much can I rely on you? Okay, a reliability list. How many people are in the Twins organization? Miguel no, knows last. But, but this is value, that. value, and can I can I rely on you to do your job? Because if I can't, you then fine. You then mean we, nothing we don't to disagree. Me. Then we don't. You disagree. mean nothing to me? But but you can't. Well, that's not that's not how but, we frame the list. But talent to baggage ratio. But I this get is it. a but this is a but this is a list that includes talent. Includes can you play? Do you play? Do you have an interest in playing? I mean, we can't have a conversation. This is not rotisserie baseball mm-hmm. where we just watch Sano highlights and say, well, mm-hmm. he's fantastic. No, he's not. He's not reliable. He's not playing. And you told me yourself when he got hurt, we got the same BS that we always get. Well, mm-hmm. he'll be back. He'll be back in a couple of days. They don't be back don't sweat it. Don't yeah. su- if you can't play, which yeah. he consistently can't, and if you don't care about your career, which it doesn't seem he does, you do not make my top ten list. So now I wonder, maybe I just misunderstood the list, or maybe you guys are retrofitting it to make sense, because if we're talking about ability, you can't put Sano outside the top four. You just, you you can't. If you're talking about from today till the end of 
the decade or what, you know, what, or 15 years over the next 15 years, who's the best baseball player who yeah, has the chance to be, that's a, that's it's a not pie you, in the sky list. Eric. Right. But let's go down that. That's list. what I'm just let's saying. Let's go down that list. You as can't well. put yeah, Steven Consalves. You can't put Jake Odorizzi who has a year and a half of team control left. You can't put those people ahead of a guy like Miguel Sano, who has been incredibly disappointing this year. I'm not running and hiding from that in terms of ability. I'll give you Royce Lewis and Byron Buxton, and you could twist my arm and get J.O. Barreos on this list, but Miguel Sano is right there, and that, to me, boys, is what makes what's happened so far this season maddeningly disappointing for Miguel Sano. He so, is absolutely at the top of that list. And I, and I think I would have said I would have said that two years ago, but as you go along and you get older and you're 25 and 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 you are what you weigh, and you have the you have the highest strikeout rate in baseball history among guys who've batted at least a thousand times. Yeah. Like at some point, we have to start shedding what you could be, right? And I start evaluating that. you based on what you are. And I think he's in that. Like he's not there yet. He's not. He is what he is yet. In two years, once you sure. get to be like twenty seven, twenty eight, he's very close. But right he's now. teetering because of all these things. He's teetering. So, like, I'll just go back to the word value. If you were to pick up the phone right now, like, how much interest would other teams have? And, and not that teams wouldn't have interest in Sano. I'm not saying that at all. I think a lot of teams would say, oh, we'll, we'll, hey, we'll get this Take guy rejuvenated. But I think they would first ask about the two guys who throw 96 miles an hour. They'd ask about the best defensive player in the world, center field, Byron Buxton. They'd ask about the number one overall pick. And they'd probably ask about Eddie Rosario and Max Kepler, like, well, in fact, I think teams have like the the Rays. Yeah, they have Kepler, Kepler for sure. So. Yes. Yeah, I, and I think the Vegas Knights would take Sano and turn him into a superstar. I think As he's a goalie, got he can MVP stand in front of the potential. net, and no, no pucks would get through. <laughs> if you if you are sitting down and putting together, if, if you are the Twins and you're sitting down and putting together this list, though, if the guy can't play, he can't make it, and he can't play. He gets hurt way too much, and he's fat, and he doesn't really care. I don't think we're going to settle this argument. Tonight. No, it's no. Been a I mean, discussion. They, they they just sent him to California. It looks like to babysit. To babysit. They got a lot of organic restaurants in Southern California. Yoga Love studio. I think he did some hot yoga when he was out there. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I don't know. I think what I would leave it with is, in terms of yes, I know Phil. The uh, you know you are what you are at some point, but in terms of ability, capability, how many people in this organization could you squint and see? Being an MVP candidate someday, I think there are three, and I think Sano's one of them. So that's Royce Lewis, Byron Buxton, Miguel Sano. Actually, Byron Buxton at some point. I don't know about MVP anymore. I might have been too hot on that take before the season, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Wetmore, if find I squint, his stuff. I just see a big fat guy. That's all I see right now. We get it. You think he's fat? Okay. I, know. I think you made that clear. <laughs> you, you made that point. Fifteen hundred ESPN.com for Wetmore, the Touch 'Em All podcast. And uh, let's come back here with some Mr. Fix It. Dave's got some questions. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studio. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. 
Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.